Hello everyone and welcome back to Haber Psych Insights. I'm Kathy Haberman, your host. I'm Joe Haberman, your co-host. Today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We're going to be talking about superstitions and the brain, an evolutionary perspective. Yeah, well, I, we all know that we have different superstitions. Some we hold tightly than others and they, they affect the choices we make and how we see the world. But uh, why are we set up to develop these and do they have an impact on even how we relate to each other and on our relationships. So superstitions are basically beliefs based on fear of the unknown or faith in magic mm -hmm. or luck. Um, and these things can add meaning to random nature of luck. Right, right. And so you have whether superstitious beliefs, and they may sometimes lead to superstitious behaviors. Uh, really, sometimes they're, they're from a false notion of causation, right? This is causing this to happen. Right, like, you know, my team started winning when I stopped watching the game, so I need to go back to not watching it so that they can come back again. Um, even though rationally you might think that's ridiculous, you kind of believe that. And so it actually uh, seems like it's causing there to be a difference in the game. And so you could categorize these by good and bad, right? The good superstitions are things that feel like luck is on your side, and the bad would be, you know, um, things that... Uh, cause anxiety. Right? So, so for for good, um, I might have some anxiety, and so I come up with on my own. Oh, these are my lucky socks. If I wear them today, I'm going to win the game. Right, right. Um, or for bad, it might be I'm, I'm you know just afraid of something bad is going to happen, um, and so I'm going to avoid walking underneath a, a ladder because that's bad luck. Right, and so there you have a belief leading to an avoidance behavior or including something so that to ward off the evil in some way, okay? Uh, Daniel Kahneman uh, wrote a book, Thinking Fast and Slow, and he would say that superstitions arise from fast, intuitive thought processes versus slow, critical thinking. Yeah, and I rec really recommend that. If you're studying or really interested in cognitive science, um, Thinking Fast and Slow is a great book. It's full of demonstrations, too, to sort of show you how you're thinking uh, works and um, you know that's exactly right that the brain prefers to be in that fast thinking mode um, it's wired to help us survive and scan for threats and it wants to think quickly the brain is always looking for patterns yeah yeah and always looking for patterns and uh, another thing that I think sometimes doesn't get enough attention though that's at the heart of a lot of this cognitive process that idea you probably heard of type 1 errors versus type 2 errors I have not heard of them yeah. and, and maybe the people who are listening to this have but okay. explain them a little yeah. more okay so if you make a type 1 error that means it's you are seeing uh, you're believing that there's a relationship between two things when there actually isn't so like a lot of the superstitions we've talked about are type 1 errors like I think if I do this, it's going to cause that to happen. And um, in that case, there's a, there's a belief in a relationship, but it isn't really there. So if you think back to the survival advantage of this, that would be like I'm, when it's way back when and we were in the grasslands and surrounded by you know, deadly predators, if we believed that sound we heard was the sound of an approaching predator... We would use a lot of caution. Right. We would, <laughs> let's say we would run and take cover. And then we discover, oh, it was only the wind. Well... We've been inconvenienced, but we and we've made a type one error. We thought there was a relationship and there wasn't. But we're still alive. We've just been inconvenienced. Okay. A type two error is when you believe no relationship exists, when in fact there is a relationship. So in that case, it would be I'm on the grasslands, 
I hear a sound and I think, oh, that's only the wind, when actually it was a predator. A predator. And, you and just, I'm dead. Yeah, you've just become lunch, all right? So, <laughs> Hello, so lunch. evolutionary psychologists, right, they would believe that this is how this evolved, that if you made type 2 errors, you probably weren't going to be around long enough to spread that kind of cognitive capacity onto your offsprings. You wouldn't have any. Whereas we, so we continue to select over time for brains that made lots and lots of type 1 errors because at least they survived. And so we've inherited this, this ability, this capacity for thinking this way, for scanning for patterns and, and believing we can see relationships where a lot of times we do, we're right about it, but sometimes we're not. So in our brain, we have this thing called the neocortex, mm -hmm. and it is, evolutionary speaking, right. um, the newest part of our brain. It's the outermost one-eighth inch of our cortex, and it's filled with millions of pattern detectors. Like I said before, the brain is always looking for patterns. Right, right. And so this is the thing that, one of the things that makes us so different from other mammalian brains, you know, is that, that outermost eighth of an inch, constantly doing this. So we're all given this brain, we're all wired, and it's, we're mainly wired for survival, right, for accurately assessing threats. Uh, but it can lead to seeing patterns and looking for patterns in all kinds of these other ways that bring us kind of to the topic today. Uh, and so these pattern detectors are going off all the time, and, and it's making associations, forming concepts, adding things to existing knowledge and so forth. And we come up with, um, you know, these uh, these beliefs about how things work. So, um, so again, that's the, the sort of the, the evolutionary background to it. Now we've got to look at well, what do we do with all of these kind of thoughts, right. these beliefs and things? And we tend to be a little relationship focused. So mm -hmm. when I'm thinking about that, what would be the impacts on our relationship? Why is knowing these things important? Why do we think the way we do? Right, and so it will be the brain in this quick thinking uh, mode is going to form these connections or see a pattern or maybe there is or maybe there isn't one. And um, if you act on those, right, so that a superstitious belief becomes a superstitious uh, behavior, then that can affect the relationships, right, one way or the other. And so to see it more clearly, to navigate these relationships without um, kind of having a false, you know, a false belief get in the way, we have to we have to know that our brains are wired this way and be able to uh, take that into account, right, when we're when we're working together on this. Right, and one of the things that comes up with us that we talk about is, you know, you're a very intuitive person, and sometimes you you put you know things together and think that it's a certain way. When I'll say, well, have you really thought about that? Because maybe that's not the way it is. You're intuiting this. You're thinking this. That's the way you're interpreting yes. those patterns, but it may not necessarily be that. Right, right. And then you can get, uh, you know, this kind of input for yourself, right, from some of these different personality tests that are out there. I've always tested as being strongly intuitive. And what I've learned later in my life is that it's, my intuition's wrong about as often as it's right. So, you know, it's true that sometimes I can intuit things without any other direct evidence and I'll be on target, but I have to remember that it can also be wrong. And so uh, I need to come up with other ways to verify that. When you add on top to that, that this, this pattern recognition stuff's going on all the time, it's quite, it's quite normal to have superstitions in these beliefs, but very often they're, just, they're coming just out of this quick process and they may or may not really help guide you accurately in terms of understanding yourself and others. Critical thinking, perspective, you know, exam, really examining, thinking a little deeper on things instead of just going with the, 
gotcha moment. You know, right, by slowing your brain, slowing your brain down a little, so that uh, you know you you do you do check these out and can be accurate with it. Um, and we can make assumptions, I think, in relationships and uh, you know any relationships, whether it's a working relationship or whether it's a personal relationship, we can make you know quick judgments that maybe are not necessarily the intentions. So. You know, right. looking at those patterns and maybe being open to the interpretation would be a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, as you monitor yourself, you know, try and um, try and apply this. Try and see when are you um, operating or acting on your on your uh, these superstitions, this process. When are you maybe catch yourself making a type one error? Huh. I thought this relationship was there, and now I found out that actually it isn't. Or a type two error too. Or a type two again, but you know, based on at least according to the evolutionary psychologists, you're much more likely to notice that you're making a type one error. It's almost mm. like those that have been making more inclined to make type two errors just aren't around as much. Uh, and so, but it's true. It does get back to to that and to you know personality characteristics. If you're not intuitive, I've known other people that were much more focused on their senses, right? Like the Instruments like the Myers Briggs and things mm -hmm. like that will get into that where they they have an intuition but they don't trust it. They they rely more on what's right in front of them, what they can see and touch and hear, mm -hmm. and what they know for sure. And uh, so there's a nice complement between those two processes that you can try and cultivate. Well, there's a lot of information here today. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe something that you might want to look into more deeply. Um, the book Thinking Fast and Slow was by Daniel Kahneman. Um, and when we look at ourselves and we try and look at our well-being and whether or not we're flourishing or being happy in life, it's important to recognize uh, the way our brain works and how that impacts our relationships and why we think like we do. And it is important. So um, we're going to wrap this up today. Uh, we have now a an email for you to contact us on. Yeah, so um, we want to hear from you, questions, comments, other things uh, on any of our podcasts, and it's uh, on FanList, fanlist.com slash Haber Podcast, okay? If you go to our uh, site, you should see it on there soon when they update it, but it's fanlist.com slash Haber Podcast, and you can leave, uh, you can even leave it on there uh, you know, voice can be like a voice text or type typed in either way. And we would love to incorporate your input in future podcasts as well. Uh, so please look for us on fanlist.com slash Haber podcast and give us your ideas uh, and we'll incorporate that into future podcasts as well. Um, we appreciate you joining us today on Haber Psych Insights. We hope that this gave you a little something to think about. Absolutely. And we'll be building on a lot of these, you know, in future podcasts as well, building on this information and why do we think, feel and act the way we do. And uh, we look forward to talking with you more next time. Have a great one.